Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I'm so excited to be chatting with Lucrece Bundy today. She is a lawyer. She is a bio mama to three boys that keep her busy, and she is going to share a lot of wisdom and just encouragement for us as foster moms and possibly adoptive moms as well today. So thank you, Lucrece, for being here. Thank you for having me, Kathleen. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. Thank you. So as our paths kind of crossed on Instagram. We quickly found out just how much we have in common, just shared shared interest around supporting foster families, obviously, foster youth and um, and their their bio parents. But how did you kind of how does your work as an adoption lawyer kind of trickle into or or kind of align with also the work of foster care? Yeah, that's a great question. So I actually went to law school because I wanted to be a guardian ad litem for foster children. My passion was always to advocate for the kids who didn't have a voice. So I went to law school specifically to learn how to advocate because I knew that as a lawyer, I would have more say in court over the children. And so I kind of started doing CASA stuff. And then I was like, "Eh, I need something that gives me more authority. (laughs) So I went to law school, got my degree, and then I decided to open up my own law practice because I didn't want to work for a firm who kind of just gave me cases I didn't want to do. And I really wanted to focus on what I felt like God was calling me to, which was really advocating for the kids um, who needed a voice to advocate for them. So I did that. And then after I started open my law practice, I just went to my local county court and I said, hey, and that's kind of what you do here. Hey, I want to take juvenile court cases um, open. And so they just assign you cases and you just start that way. And that that's kind of how I got into juvenile court, into really working with the kids in foster care and the families from a legal standpoint, and really got to see how the foster care system works as a whole from then on. Wow. So how many years were you, were you working with juvenile court cases before you switched over to adoption lawyer? Well, I was doing adoption work as well while I was taking these cases. It was a way to just build my practice. And I was like, oh my gosh, I finally get to work with these kids. This is awesome. But juvenile court cases don't pay you very well. And so I had to be doing other things on the side to support myself and my family. But I quickly became overloaded with all the cases I was getting. But I just really enjoyed that I was getting so much experience in the foster care system because I was able to represent the parents whose children were taken away. So I got to see that side of the whole thing. got to represent the children. And so it was just an eye-opening experience. So I did juvenile court for about two to three years. And I finally decided, you know what? I don't think I'm really making a difference here because the system is just, for me, logically, the system didn't make sense to me. And I had so many clients that I try to help that the kids should have gone home. There shouldn't have been any resistance to it, but because of bureaucracy, because of the caseworkers' preferences, because of the judges' preferences, or it just became this like, like it's just like this world that can suck you in. And so I just decided I want to find a way to help these kids in a different way where it's actually making a difference in their lives. So yeah, but I worked there for two to three years and 
yeah, then I just decided, you know, let's just maybe put it on the shelf for now and maybe I'll go back to it in a few years. (laughs) So. Yes. Well, that is amazing. And I just think as someone who's seen all sides of it, you know, I mean, there's so much as I can speak for myself, a foster mom, adoptive mom who we, there's so much information that rightfully so we're not privy to, but I feel like it really could help our hearts for bio family to be able to understand a little bit about what kind of, is it like to work with a bio mom who's trying to fight to get her kids back? How, how is that for you? And what can you tell us about that? Well, I can tell you that every single biological parent that I've worked with love their kids. I mean, that's never the issue. It looks like they don't because they're so addicted to whatever they're addicted to. And what I found is that it's always that generational cycle. Um, when you, you get those reports from the caseworkers, it's always like grandpa had the alcohol addiction. I mean, every case was almost the same when it came to that. It was always a generational thing. And so these parents are only doing what they, they were taught. They literally don't know any different. And so for the, a court to come in and say, okay, you've got six months to break your addiction cycle. That's been in your generation for like five, de- whatever, five generations. It's like, this is ludicrous. How can you expect somebody to just, you know, like change everything they've known about their lives in six months to a year, or you don't get your kid back. So these parents get stuck in this like vortex of, I mean, there's so much that they're supposed to be doing, right? Like you need to start going to AA classes once a week, and then you need to start taking drug testing three times a week. Then you need to find a job right now. Then you need to find housing today. And then you need to like all these things that they haven't done all these years are just kind of like vomited on the court order. And these parents are expected to just kind of, if you loved your kid, you do all this stuff and get your kid back. But not understanding the complexity of addiction and how it just, it's not something that just you can break off in a year. I mean, you need God in the mix of it. That's number one. Um, And as a Christian, for me, that was always something that really bothered me was without God in the equation, we are literally in like, you're just in a a hamster's wheel. Mm -hmm. These parents cannot break off this addiction without God. So the court for me, and that was part of why I left because it was like, without the Holy Spirit, without God in here, like these people are wasting their time. They can't kick this addiction without God. So that was a frustration. But the parents that I worked with, they loved their kids. Some of them, well, most of them were so upset. Like they were so angry about the way that the kids were taken away. And a lot of times there was information missing between the caseworkers and the parents. Like when they would come to take the kids, the parents had no idea where the kids were going. And so we were even taught in through our foster care class, like call the biological parents and tell them, your kid is with me because a lot of times the caseworkers don't even tell them where the kid is going. So here in Nebraska, the kid first goes to uh, Project Harmony because they get checked by a doctor, you know, to make sure everything is good. And then they go to a home, but the parents don't know what's happening. The kids get get taken away and then that's it. It's like, we'll see you in court in, I don't know, a month. (laughs) And then they're like, okay. So whenever I worked with parents, whenever I met with them, I, my job was to reassure them that, okay, this is where your child is. This is what's going on. And just kind of helping them get a grasp on what was happening in their lives at the time, because it's just as traumatized as the kids are, the biological parents are just as traumatized. And so the expectation to have these biological parents just all of a sudden get their act together and start acting right, whatever that means, right? Even towards the foster parents, because they're looking at you as the enemy, like you took my kid. (laughs) 
<laughs> Why is my kid staying with you? And so a lot of it is just anger about the system. You know, it's not fair. Like I already tried and all these that you didn't tell me that you were taking my kids, you know, here or there. So when these sweet foster parents show up, you're like, I'm just trying to take care of your kid. They're like, ah, give me my kid back. Yeah. And so understanding that I think would really help foster parents out there that the parents are really going through trauma as well. And just being kind and being able to look past all of that anger and understand that it's not actually directed towards you, it's directed towards everybody. <laughs> like they're just mad in general. They're mad at me as a lawyer, giving my kid back, you know? <laughs> like I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, but that was my experience working with biological parents. And that's that's what really opened my eyes to that, that different side of it. Um, not going into it, looking at parents being these bad. I mean, they did things that were bad, but seeing how they actually had no idea what they were doing because that's what they were taught really changed my outlook on um, these parents and how much help they actually needed. It wasn't just the behavior. It was a mindset and a heart change that needed to happen that could only be found in Christ. And so I just, I couldn't figure out how they could do this and make these parents change without, they couldn't, they just couldn't. They kept going back to the drugs because that's all they knew, yeah. but not because they didn't love their kid, you know? No. Yeah. That's um so important. Thank you for saying that because yeah. I think, gosh, I think about that, like with the bio mom of, of my kiddos and I'm like, you, there's never been a question in my mind, whether or not you love these children. Like I know that and nothing could ever make me question it, but you're right. When you look at history, when you look at like all these things, it's like what we are asking them to do is absolutely crazy in light of what they've all been through. And like you said, then to be re-traumatized when your child is taken away from you, I mean, goodness gracious, can we imagine what that would feel like as just, just to, for a minute to put ourselves in their shoes? Yeah. That's really intense and really yeah. a lot. And like you said, by the grace of God, here we are, you know, like these women are just in need of the Lord as well as to get some help around these issue, issues, but yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. And we just show up and we just show the love of God and we show kindness mm. and we just do what we can, <laughs> you know, and pray for and that to transform that. me. I love that, that your heart is, is that, and that you weren't like, oh, well, this is the system. So sorry, I guess this is just how it is. Like, you're like, how can I really be effective here? How can I really be impactful? And I know that one thing that you're very passionate about, and one of the things that we've chatted about before is that you have a heart for showing foster parents or prospective foster parents what foster care is really like and what foster kids are really like. So I would love if you could share a little bit about that and just kind of your passion for the message of what foster care is and how we can get more people involved. Yeah, yeah. The way that I love to, well, the way that I like to explain it to folks who are like, they have this picture of foster care as this big, scary thing. That's kind of like the big thing out there because I've talked to so many people who want to adopt and they don't even want to think about foster care because it's scary. Because what if the kid beats up my kid? What if, you know, the kid abuses my kid? So much fear around foster care children. And um, I've worked with these kids and I'm just like, they're just kids. They're like your kids. The only difference is that they had parents who were addicted and who were doing things they shouldn't be doing. So the kids just happened to be in the middle of a mess. And then through no fault of their own, they got moved to somebody else's house. <laughs> so it's literally these kids who are being traumatized through no fault of their own. But now society looks at these kids as if they're diseased or like have leprosy when they're literally, they're just children that 
happened to be in that environment and they just need somebody to love them. There's story after story after story. And I've done so many adoptions, foster care adoptions of kids who are doing just fine because the foster parents stepped in. We're going to love you because you're just a kid through the trauma and through all the things, because it's ludicrous to think that a kid can go through something like that and not be traumatized. Any human would be traumatized. I ask people like, if you were pulled away from your house when you were 10, and you didn't see your parents again for three years, do you, would that traumatize you? I mean, of course it would. But any human, all you want is love. Like you have people that, that show up and just love you. It can help really heal that trauma. So these kids that are out there through no fault of their own, they're now being kind of discarded by society. And so I guess my heart really is to bridge the gap between parents who are wanting to adopt and the kids in the foster care system who are waiting for families to adopt them and to help them see like they're just children who just need homes. And obviously you want to be well-equipped for what that all brings, you know, like it's a diff- it's a kid that's not yours that you're bringing into your home. And as a foster parent, I mean, hopefully your agency really gives you the history of the child in the background. So when you say yes to that child, you know what you're getting yourself into. So it's not like you just pick a random kid to come into your home and now you're finding out all these things, right? There's a process to it. And so, yeah, that's just my heart that for people to see these kids differently, that they're just children who just happen to be in the situation they're in and they need a lot of love and kindness and care. I love that so much. There's actually a woman in my Um, group coaching program for foster mamas right now. And she said she would take, she would foster girls only. I think the ages of like elementary school age kind of till teenagers. And then they called her for like the 17 year old boy. And she's like, well, for respite for the weekend. Okay. And like, she's been fostering him since May. And she's like, yeah, he can like, I think like too, just like our, her expectation. She's like, sure. Well, we'll see how it goes for the weekend. And then he's like, they're like, actually he needs a permanent place. And she's like, cool. And now he's like, gonna like maybe stay with her till he, you know, ages out or until he decides like whatever, just like, if we would just be open, I think a little bit more, you know, not, not to do something that you don't feel comfortable with or whatever, but just to explore the possibility that man, these kids are just kids. Like they're just kids and they've had some trauma and their parents have had trauma and breaking those cycles. Like you said, like, and that gives hope to me as a foster and adoptive mom is like, you break the cycle by intervening with love, stability, you know what I mean? And and not being afraid to step up into that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's all it takes is just the love education. Of course, you mm-hmm. need to know what you're getting yourself into. You need to be equipped with the tools to deal with whatever issues come up. And I'll, I'll obviously make sure that you're protecting your family and all that kind of thing. For me, that's a given. But really that love and that care is really what these kids kids need. Yeah, I think so many foster parents that I talk to or prospective foster parents are like, I'm just, I don't think we could, we're not, I don't think we're enough. I don't think we could have the right level of support here or the right level of care. So what would you say to someone who's like, I mean, I've considered foster care, but I just don't feel like I'll be able to handle it. Or I just don't feel like my parenting is, I don't know enough. What would you say to that? Mm-hmm. I would say it's kind of like when you babysit your niece or your nephew, because almost everyone has a niece or nephew. You never know what to do because they're not biologically yours. They show up at your house and then you figure out what to do. <laughs> you know, and there it is. <laughs> you figure it out. I mean, you got to feed them, put them to sleep, buy them clothes. I mean, like parenting is not this thing that's so hard and far above that nobody can do. It's literally you just caring for another human. You feed them, you clothe them, you make sure they're emotionally okay, you get them to school and you just be present. That's it. 
you just give them your time and you be present. Um, so again, there's education that comes with all of that, how to deal with trauma and all that kind of thing. But that's really it, you know, um, just be there, be present and make sure you feed them and clothe them and take them to school, <laughs> you know, take yeah. them to the doctor, you know, like yeah. if something happens, <laughs> yeah. that's how, that's literally, that's how you parent. That's, mm-hmm. that's all you do to care for these kids. And that's more than their parents have done. So just that basic stuff that I'm saying that you're like, oh, of course I'll do that for my niece or nephew. So many of these kids don't have that. Yeah. That's the thing. So you just doing something that basic, like let's get you, you know, to the, to the dentist. Uh, maybe they've never had their teeth cleaned, you know, let's get you to a pediatrician because you need your checkups every year or whatever, like depending on your age, those little things, it, that's, that's parenting. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Yes. And I think that's what happens. We make it so much more complex in our minds or we think all these what if scenarios. And then it's like, but what if it's just good? Like, what if it's just like exactly what we need and they need? And what if it's like a good, like, what if it works out essentially? You know, we always ask the question of like, what if this goes wrong? What if we flip the script to what if it worked out? Right. What would would change for our family? What would change for that child if if it all worked out? I love that changing that to a positive outlook instead of a negative outlook. Absolutely. Because a positive actually, like you can become more creative and become more open to doing it when you're like, okay, I think I can do this. Yeah. I can help teach him how to brush his teeth. You know, I can like take him to the store and buy him clothes. Okay. I can do that. Right. And it takes away that angst of what if I don't know how to do anything? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. And I like what you said about everything's figure outable, essentially, like it's, you just figure it out as you go. No parent is, I mean, yes, there's a zillion parenting books out there and even a lot of books about foster care, but there's not a right way to do everything. It's always about a person and another person coming together and figuring out how to be in relationship with each other and figuring out each other's personalities and what they need. So no, I agree with you completely. And like every parent, as you bring your newborn from the hospital, every single parent is like, what do I do? What do I do? This is a tiny creature. Like you want me to do what with this baby? I don't know what to do. Every single human who's been a first time parent feels that way. It's completely normal to feel like you don't know what to do, but the instinct kicks in. As soon as that kid enters your home, especially as a woman, you will be hovering over that kid. <laughs> like, did you True. eat enough? Why aren't you sleeping? We need to go check out that thing. Like you just do, because that's what we do. We take care of people and it just kicks in. Mm, I love it. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course, all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. So tell me a little bit about your, now your experience and you've had it from the beginning, but just like your experience with helping adoptions happen and take place and how has foster care kind of informed your practice as an adoption lawyer? Yeah. Um, so I do a lot of adoptions. My, my adoption, it's not an agency. I'm like trying to find the right word. My law firm, adoption law firm, um, I do 90% adoptions. So I do foster care adoptions and international adoptions and newborn adoptions for those who want to adopt newborns. I do step So I do a lot of different types of adoptions and foster care has really been kind of that sweet spot for me. Like whenever I get a call from a foster mom, who's like, I'm adopting my foster mom. I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I could do more of these. <laughs> it makes my heart so happy. 
because I've seen those kids and I've worked with them and for them to have permanency is like, it's just amazing. And to see their faces in court when it's all done and they're going to go home with their new mom. And it's just, I mean, that's not always the best scenario, right? But for some of those kids, that's what they need because their parents two, three years down the road still haven't done anything. So they need permanency, but no foster care adoption has been like just one of the sweetest things that I do in my law practice and helping foster parents just finalize that adoption when it's time to do that. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I love that. I feel like you have such an amazing perspective seeing, having worked with all the different people that you've worked with and, and just that you, you know, can hold space for bio family and, and all that they have to overcome. And then also for those foster parents who are just like, wow, we would love to give this child permanency if that's how it works out, if that's what ends up being the best thing for them. I just love that attitude of, of yours of just like, we can see both sides. And then, you know, we all want the best thing for these children. How can we work together to make that happen? Yeah, exactly. So that's so good. Thank you. Gosh, you're just like such a wealth of wisdom and knowledge and such a beautiful, compassionate heart. I feel like anyone would be lucky to have you as their, as their lawyer um, and friend, but I want people to be able to follow you online because you share so many good resources for adoption, for foster care and just foster care adoption and all the things. So how can people connect with you more online? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. So it's just my name at Lucrece Bundy. That's my, my handle. And then my website is adoptionssimplified.com. So adoptions is plural and then simplified with the S. So it's two S's <laughs> adoptionssimplified.com. And so I also have a program where I teach parents how to adopt in general. So whether you're looking to adopt from foster care, which I have a lot of people through the program that are doing that, or adapting a newborn through an agency or adapting internationally, this program is really your A to Z step-by-step what to expect, how to adapt without wasting a lot of time or money. And so that's been really popular with folks um, who are, especially when you're adapting from foster care, who are like, (laughs) what, like, where do I start? What do I do? And so my program takes them step-by-step on how to do that so that they don't get stuck in the bureaucracy of DHHS. There's a lot oh, of my word. I wish I would have had your course back, back <laughs> in the day a little bit ago. I, I'm telling you, that's such an important resource for families to have, because I'm telling you as a foster parent and an adoptive parent, I didn't know my rights. I didn't know what, I didn't know how the timeline would play out. So just all of that, having some guidance around that would be so helpful. So how, yeah. what, tell us a little bit more about that program. What's it called? And they can find it on your yeah. website. Yeah, yeah. So it's called the Adoption Success Accelerator Program. And literally, that's what it does. Like I give you A to Z step by step. And I really help you guys. I mean, it depends on the type of adoption you want to do. But I really help you understand all the different options you have available, because I've been through the process like a gazillion times. So for whatever reason, they make it really confusing, like Google and Facebook and YouTube, the information is so limited. And it's so hard to really find out like, how do I actually do this? (laughs) You know, you get the information from all these places, but it can still be so overwhelming that it really stops people from moving forward for years, like really delays them. And so my program was built to help stop all of that. And it really gives you a streamlined process. Everything is in one place. You don't have to try to figure out like, what do I do next? It's all in the program. And I'm also in there walking you through it step-by-step and helping you get unstuck along the way if you get stuck. But yeah, that's what the program is about. So if you're interested, it's on my website, Adoption simplify.com under the work with me 
Meet tab, you can find it there. But yeah, I would love to help you. I mean, whoever is listening, who's like, oh my gosh, I need help with the adoption process. Let me know. And I'd love to help you out. (laughs) Uh, I can think of no one better because you are just such a light in this world. You're just, your heart is so amazing for for kids. And um, I'm just so thankful that our paths cross. We'll link everything up so that people can find you easily. And I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you so much, Kathleen. It was so nice chatting with you.